Uh, we're going to go back to Psalms tonight. We're in Psalm 64. If you want to go ahead and be turning there. Uh, kind of a short psalm. It's a psalm that's uh, attributed to David, but uh, that's about all that we can say about it. You can't really, there's nothing that really gives any detail exactly um, when this time period is because some of the things that David discusses, uh, he faced uh, several different times during his uh, kingship um, of plots against him and uh, things that's going on against him. So it's, it's really difficult to say exactly when uh, this psalm took place. But we can break this up into two sections, uh, verses 1 through 6 of David uh, praying to God and talking about what the wicked uh, is trying to do. And then you have uh, verses 7 through 10 of what God is going to do. So uh, we'll kind of divide that up and talk about it uh, this evening. Uh, Starting in verse 1. It says, Hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. Preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the rebellion of the workers of iniquity, who sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows. Bitter words. But they may shoot in secret at the blameless. Suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. They encourage themselves in an evil manner. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who will see them? They devise iniquities. We have perfected a shrewd scheme. Both the inward thought and the heart of man are deep. So we see here, starting back in verse 1, David here is is asking God to hear his voice and his meditation. He says, to preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. Uh, a couple things with this. One, it, it looks like, and, and David has always, I believe, had confidence that God is with him. I think there's times he didn't feel as close to God and he realized that that was his fault and he realized that he had to do something to, to get back in that right relationship. But I also think when David is praying, I think he's on a personal level really trying to get God's attention. It almost like... Uh, you know, I, I started to say as a kid trying to get uh, uh, attention of their, uh, their mom when they're, they're on the phone or something. They're always, you know, it's important to them and they keep calling her name and just really want their attention because it's important to them. But it's about like me when my wife's on the phone and I want to know what they're saying and she needs to stop right then and tell me, you know. And, and that's how we are. We, we want whatever we're going through at the moment or whatever we want to know at the moment it's important to us, isn't it? I mean, we, we want it right then. And I think that's how David approaches a lot of his prayers with God. It's almost like he's saying, here, you know, I know you're, what you're capable of. I know that you're, you're in control of the universe, but at this moment, I really need you to pay attention to me. I really need you to see what I'm going through. I need you to see what I'm facing. And I think that's what he's, what he's doing here. But there's one thing that's interesting to me how he words this. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Notice what David didn't say here. Do you notice what he didn't say? He didn't say preserve my life from the enemy. What did he say? From the fear of the enemy. Is there a difference? I I think there's a big difference. Think about it. If If God could take away our fear of what may happen or what somebody's doing for us, how could that change us? Would it change us? Yeah, I think then if, 
The enemy is not the problem. The, the fear of the enemy can be the problem. And David knows quite a bit about fear because you can go back and the exact Greek word here is, is that dread. It, it actually is meaning dread. Just like uh, uh, he knew when he come up on Saul's army, you know, with Goliath, it says they were afraid. What were they doing? What was Saul's army doing when Goliath come out and made the challenge? What were they doing? Did they go out and fight him? Why? They were afraid. They were such afraid they did nothing. And David here, I think he understands what that kind of fear can do. And he's wanting God to, uh, uh, to save him or help him from the fear of the enemy. I, I think fear is the ultimate problem. We could go to Psalms 23 uh, uh, where David talks about the shadow of uh, of death. He talks about fear of, he, he talks about what those things can do and how God can keep you from, from those things. It, it's about emotion, it's about feeling. And David said, I, I want you to help me in my meditation. So I think, I don't know if he's saying this out loud to God or he's wanting God to, to know what he's saying while he's meditating here to God. But he wants the fear took away from that. Because think about it, David always, even as king, He's always going to have enemies, isn't he? So if it's always just about the enemy, then he'll never have any peace. And it's the same thing with us today. If, we're, if it's all about what somebody's going to do to us or say about us or, or, or persecute us or what's going to happen, it's, if it's always the circumstance of what somebody's doing, we'll never see any peace. But if we can take away the fear of that, the fear of living this life and, and being in this dark world of, of what people are going to do, if we can take that fear away, then it would allow us to live our lives the way that God wants us to live, wouldn't it? We, we could live in peace even in... That's why David says, and, and, and I've missed this for a long time, but when he talks about you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, you know what he's saying? I mean, think about that. He can sit down and eat a meal with, with all his enemies around there, and have peace doing it. That's where we want to be. And I think that's the same thing he's asking God here. The same thing he's alluding to is to take away that fear of the enemy. And if you take away that fear, then I'll be able to function. I can deal with the enemy as long as I'm able to function and do that. It, it, it's not just the enemy. Any thoughts about that? That makes sense? It may sound like the same thing, but to me it's two totally different things. Oh yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. And I think that's where we have to get to. So look at what David's facing here. He's facing the, uh, the fear of the enemy. And this is a, a legitimate fear because what David is facing is not a battle. I think David could face a battle. I think, he, he, I think David was a pretty fierce warrior and I think he proved that many times. What he's facing here is something far worse than, than what that is. Notice what he says. He said, hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the rebellion of the workers of iniquity who sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, their bitter words, they may, uh, that they may shoot 
in secret at the blameless, suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. David is saying it, it's the words that these individuals are using. They're, they're, they're planning something and they're just talking amongst themselves. He said secretly. I don't know how secretly he is because David knows about it, but he doesn't know everything about it. But they're secretly, and he says it's not that they're just coming out and shooting arrows. You know, think about that. If you were in a battle and, and you seen the archers coming and they just shoot arrows in the air towards you, you have a pretty good shot of stepping out of the way. But what if you don't see that arrow coming? Is it more dangerous? Which is more dangerous, somebody standing out on the battlefield shooting at you or a sniper shooting at you? Which would be more dangerous? I would think a sniper, you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know when it's coming. You just know it's coming. But David is saying that's what they're going to do. I don't know when this secret plot's going to happen. I don't know when they're going to say these words and, and do this. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know when it's coming. I just know it's coming. And he says that's, that's the problem because of, of what they're going to do. There's more done to move the masses with words than there is anything else, isn't there? I mean, think about, just say, I, I don't know that this is when this is, but if it was uh, when Absalom, you know, come up with his big coup against him, you notice how he did it? By moving the masses, what did Absalom do? He went to the gate, started talking to the people, oh, uh, my dad may not care about you. He may not care about your problems, but I care about your problems. I'll give you what you want. I'll give you what you need. And before you know it, he had, he had all the people on his side. And he did it with words. He didn't do it with, with, with a bow and arrow. You know, he didn't do it with a weapon. He did it with words. That's what he was trying to do. And that's what David is facing here. It may not be that same situation, but he's facing the same thing. And, and that can do harm, can't it? You know, it's one thing if somebody talks about you, but it's another thing you don't know who it is talking about you, when they're going to do it, and what they're going to say. Can that cause any damage? I think that can cause a lot of damage if you don't know what, what's going to happen. Uh, and we see this all the time. We're going to see this uh, uh, coming up. Uh, what, do you, what do you usually see on TV or hear on the radio close to election time? What do you usually hear? Yeah, mudslinging. You hear all these ads of this, this, uh, uh, this candidate talking about how awful this candidate is, this candidate talking about... So we know how important words are. That, that's how they think that they're going to sway the masses is with words. And that's what David is facing here. So he's wanting God to, to take away that fear of the enemy because that fear is it's going to drive him nuts and he don't know what they're going to do when that arrow comes of those words because he says they sharpen them like words. He, he said, they're, they're, they're telling lies on you know, they're going to tell lies on him, they're going to slander him, they're, they're going to talk about it, and, and people are going to believe that. And he says, I don't know where it's coming from. So it's like a, 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 an archer up there that's a sniper and just waiting for the right moment to shoot that arrow, and he said, it's going to be devastating to him. He says, who sharpen their tongue like a sword, they bend their bows uh, to shoot their arrows, bitter words. They may shoot in secret at the blameless. Suddenly they shoot in him and do not fear. And here's the thing. He says they're going to do this and they have no fear or shame. They, they don't have any problem whatsoever doing it because they say uh, uh, they talk of laying snares secretly. They say who will see them? They devise iniquities. We have perfected a shrewd scheme. So they, they think 
according to David, that they're going to do this so secretly and so wickedly, no one's going to see it coming, no one's going to know who it is, and no one can do anything about it. Now, here's the thing. If you do something against David, who also are you doing that to? You're doing it to God. Doing something to David is going against God's plan, isn't it? God has a plan for David, so going against David is going against God's plan, and they have no respect for that. They could care less. They said, who's going to see it? So they don't only think that they can hide it from man, they think they can hide it from God. That, that's how, how wicked these individuals are. David said, that's what I'm facing. I'm facing a group of individuals who are, are amongst themselves. They're whispering, they're talking. They're saying, we got the greatest plan ever was. Who can stop us? We, we, we've got a shrewd scheme here. What, what we have in store, it can't lose. Who's going to know? Who's going to do anything about it? They, they're just, I mean, think about it. Is there people in the world like that today think they can do anything they want to do and get away with it? That it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter who it goes against. But we've got to realize, when you go against a servant of God, you're going against God. Now, we've got to be careful here. We can't always assume because someone is saying something about us that they're evil what if what they're saying is true what if we're doing something to give them ammunition to shoot what we do then so we can't always assume that a person's evil David's not saying they're evil just because they're going to say something about him what he's saying is they're saying that and it's not true because he's not doing what they're saying and that's where we got to be careful because sometimes as Christians we can get in this habit of it can go into suffering. We, we think, well, there's blessings in suffering, but are all blessings, are all, is all suffering blessed? I may be suffering because of my own actions. Somebody may be saying something because that's actually what I'm doing. Uh, you know, they may say something vile against me because I'm doing something vile. So we've got to make sure all of this is predicated on something. When we start thinking about the wicked and we start thinking about the world and we start thinking about what they're doing, we've got to make sure, okay, if they're doing it against me, what's the reason behind it? Now, they may just say something, just, you know, we talked about this last week. We've been talking about this quite a bit in the teenage class. But, you know, the world is going to say something about us. But what we've got to do is make it to where the only thing that they can say against us is, that we're living for God. There, there, there's nothing else for them to say. So David says here that they're, they've got their plans. They said they've perfected it. They said who's going to know? Who's going to see them? They, they talk of laying these snares secretly. Everything they're doing is in secret. Everything they're doing, they're thinking, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get away with this. He's not going to see it coming. And David is basically saying, I can't live like this. I, I can't live in fear of what somebody else is going to say or do because I never know when it's going to come or how it's going to come, but it's going to come. So he, he's kind of asking, I, I think, something in wisdom here of here's what these individuals are planning. I need you to work on my fear of that. Because we're going to see at the end of, end of Psalms here what God's going to do, but the world, the evil world, the dark world, is still going to be scheming, aren't they? They're, until the end, they're still going to keep doing that. 
it's still going to come. It's about our confidence in God and our peace in God to be able to withstand it and get through it. And I tell you, that, that's a hard thing. I, 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 you know, I, I wish I could tell myself this every day. It's, it's this, this attitude. It's this motivation. It's this looking at the world through uh, the lens that God wants us to. And if we do, we'll see the world a, a whole different way. We'll still see that it's darkness. We'll still see that it's evil. We'll still see that there's vile people in it. But we'll see a clear path for us through it. Because we'll see that lighted path and we'll know what to take. What happens is we'll get marred up in the weeds in the darkness because we stepped out of the light. But David here, that, that's what he's dealing with. He's dealing with these individuals who are uh, planning this and, and, and scheming this and have no regard for David, much less God, because they ought to know with, with God appointing David that they're going against God's plans. Any thoughts before we get into what God's going to do? Do we still see this today? Could, could, we say, could we pray the same thing to God that David's praying right now? I, yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I think we could, uh, I mean, we could see it very easily of, you know, you, you, you still see that to me. I, I think there's a clear dividing line today to where the world is talking more evil against Christians because they see it as, you know, if you stand up against homosexuality, what's the world say you are? Yeah, homophobe, you're, you're a hater, you, you, all you're doing is talking hate. Anything that we stand up and talk against, well, it's nothing but hate speech. It's, you know, you're just haters, you're, you're intolerant, you're in, you know, and all that is is just trying to sway the masses to not think that way, to think that everything's okay. To call evil good and good evil, as Isaiah says. That, that's, that's all we see today. We're going through the same thing. But we can't give in to that. We have to stay true to what we're doing because we don't want to step out of that light into the darkness. We want to make sure that we're doing uh, exactly what God says for us to do. Uh, look starting here now in verse 7. It says, But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded. So he will make them stumble over their own tongue. All who see them shall flee away. All men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. So notice what he starts out here. We're going to kind of look at this as compared to what David said uh, that the wicked was doing. It says, but God shall shoot, an, uh, shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded. So what did he say that the wicked were going to do? Remember what he said they were going to do? Uh, he said, preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the rebellion of the workers of iniquity who sharpen uh, their tongue like a sword, bend their bows to shoot their arrows, their bitter words. They shoot in secret and are blameless. And they're saying, who's going to see? So they're planning this attack. So now God, it says God's going to shoot an arrow and wound them. All the planning that they do, all the, uh, the skies that they do, all the secret planning, all the schemes, all the confidence that they had, God's going to stop it with one arrow. I mean, God doesn't need, God can. I mean, he created the universe, but he doesn't need an elaborate plan, does he? 
I mean, uh, David even said one point, what was it? Was it Psalms 2 when it talked about uh, how the kings and all the world plot against God and it's, God just basically looks at them and laughs? <laughs> like, what are you going to do? <laughs> you, you can come up with all these plans. You can't, you can't fight against God. And that's what he does here. So David is saying, here's what you need to do, God. And it says, what does God do? God shoots an arrow and he wounds them. You know, it don't take much for God to do it. It's almost like if a mosquito comes up and starts biting, you may not pay attention to it, but when you do, all it takes is one swipe, it's gone, isn't it? That's all God does. You get God tension like that, it don't take but one swipe. So God here, all he does, it says, but God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly, they shall be wounded. And I like how he says suddenly here, because I think they're probably going to be stunned when God puts a stop to their scheme, and they think, well, how did I go wrong? You know, we had all this planned out to do. We had all this uh, uh, worked out. They said, matter of fact, they said it was perfect. <laughs> they had a perfect scheme, a shrewd scheme. And God just makes nothing of it. But I like what God does that David says he does in order to do that. Notice what he says, verse 8. So he will make them stumble over their own tongue. All who see them shall flee away. All men shall fear. So everything that they were doing, they were planning secretly, and what does God do? Everything he does, he does openly. He's taking what they were going to do and reversing it and turning it right around on them. He said he's going to make their tongues that they're sharpening, so he will make them stumble over their own tongue. All who see them shall flee away. He says, here you're planning all of this in secret. He said, I'm going to make you stumble on the very words that you're going to say. I'm going to turn it right back on you, and the whole world's going to see, and they're just going to shake their head. They're just going to be an astonishment on, on what's, what's happening here. I, I, I think it's just interesting that how God's doing this. It's like he's turning it around, reversing it on. Okay, here's what you've got planned. I'm going to turn around on you to where what you've got planned is going to actually be harmful to you. It's actually going to come back on you. Um, and that's how God works, isn't it? When, when God does something, he does it openly to where the world can see. Because notice what he says here. He says, all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, uh, for they shall wisely consider his doing. So he says here, he, God's actually doing this for two reasons, but he always does it for one main reason. He's doing it two reasons because he's protecting. He's protecting David. He's protecting his own. But he's actually doing this for the reason he always does it. What's that? Show him he's God. To bring glory to him. He, he's turning this around on them to bring glory on himself so those that can see will, uh, will, will see that it's God. He, he leaves no doubt that he's doing that. Um, and this is interesting because uh, everything that they're doing here they're wanting to uh, do it in secretly, but everything that God's doing, he's doing it openly, and he's reversing it. And that's how God's always done it. You think back to the very beginning when, uh, with Adam and Eve. Satan thought he won there, didn't he? He thought he won, but ultimately it got reversed and, and God delivered a huge blow to him when? Remember how he turned it around? Chris talked about it Sunday night, greatest event in the world, the resurrection. You know, he, he thought he won because with Adam and Eve, with their sin, what got brought into the world? Death did. 
So Satan had a field day. Satan thought that he, he won that. God reversed that, and who conquered death? Jesus did through his resurrection. As Chris said, if it wasn't for the resurrection, none of this other stuff would have mattered. So God did the same thing there as he's always done, as he's doing right here. He's reversing what Satan ultimately wants to do because these people, whether they realize it or not, whether people today in the world realize it or not, they're just a tool of Satan. So God is taking what Satan thought he had a victory and bringing a crushing blow by reversing what he did. With his own sword. With the very scaffolding he made for, that's one of the point I was going to make with, with Mordecai. He, he made a, 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 a scaffold to hang him on, but who got hung on it? He did. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar with Israel, look what he did. Uh, Daniel and the lions did. The very ones that told on Daniel was the very ones the lions feasted on, if you remember. So, and you start thinking about how God works all of this and how he turns this around. It, it's, I don't want to say it's comical, but it really shows the power of God. God is showing, showing them, I'll show you how powerful I am. I'll take the very thing that you're using, and I'll use it against you. I'll take the very thing that's going to be your demise, the very thing that you're planning to be the demise of, of others. And, and there's event after event. And he does it to, to glorify God, doesn't he? You, you think about what took place before each of these events, it's, it's about, okay, I'm going to destroy, just like uh, Haman wanted to do, I'm going to destroy Israel here and look what he ultimately, ultimately did. You, you, you look at Daniel and the lion's den, you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you look at uh, Goliath, as he said. After each of those events, you have individuals that were praising God after that, that, that they were you know, against God, but then they're doing it because what God does is to bring glory to him. You know, it, it's, uh, you take Elijah on Mount Carmel. Remember when he, everything he does is to prove that he's God. Remember when they were making the uh, uh, burnt offerings and everything, they put the wood on there, and remember when Elijah said, well, maybe your God's asleep, maybe he's on vacation. You know, he kind of mocked them there for a little while. But when it become his turn, using the same thing that they were going to use, he put all the wood, poured water over it, put a ditch around it, had so much water on it, wasn't no way that thing could burn. God burned it. Like, like it was nothing. I mean, it, it wasn't anything. He used that very thing to show I'm God. And he did it, and, and I thought Chris did an excellent job Sunday night of bringing out of all the points that happened for the resurrection for it to be open to where there was no, no doubt that's what God did. I think he did that with, with Lazarus too because he came out, you know, he waited till he was stinking, <laughs> He didn't just say, oh, he took a nap for a little while. He waited till he was stinking. He was still wrapped in the very things that they did when, when he come out of, the, uh, out of the tomb there. God always proves that he's God. And he's, he's, man is no match for him. But yet Satan tries again and again and again. And, and what he tries and I think gets us to do, and I think that's where David is praying to God to get him out of that mindset is we forget... We may not know how much longer is on the clock in the game, but we know how the game's going to end. And we forget that sometimes. We forget that the victory is God's. So it doesn't matter what Satan tries to do in the meantime, as long as we understand the victory is God's, and I want to be on that side. That's the side I want to be on. That's how you take away the fear of what the enemy's going to do. That's how you take away, you know, that's how you become a... Uh, uh, 
uh, uh, Paul and be able to stand before kings and, and preach about righteousness and judgment and, and self-control. That's how you can become Peter from, from being afraid in the water to standing up on the day of Pentecost and preaching that great sermon. You know, that, that's how you see all of these individuals, these great Bible characters throughout history, that's how you see them get to the point that they're at. At some point, you've got to take out the fear of what the world can do. And that's what the Bible says, don't fear him who can kill the body. Who are we supposed to fear? Yeah, body and soul. So killing the body is nothing. You know, that's, I mean, that ain't nothing. What, you know, what comes after that? We know, we should know what comes after that. So we shouldn't think, well, what if they do this to me? Well, what if they do? You know, uh, you know, we, we don't want to think that, that death is no big deal, but that's the whole purpose of the resurrection, wouldn't it? To prove that, that he conquered that. And David in, in Psalms 23, that, that's, what he, that's what he focused on, you know, the, the shadow of the valley of death. He said, you're, you're going to lead me. You know, the shadow of something is different than the actual thing, isn't it? You know, it, it, it's not what it's intended to be. So with God, he says it, he's going to take us through something that's different. Death's not the same for us as it is for somebody else because we know what's coming. And that's not something that we should dread. That's not something that we should fear. But God takes these like he's, he's done every other instance that we see throughout and he reverses what they're doing, turns it against them, lets everybody see it, not only protects his, his, his own, but brings glory to him. And once again, as David always points out, there's a sense of satisfaction in that. There's a sense of vindication in that because there's a sense of peace to where I, you know, I can face it with, with my head hung high. You know, there, there's nothing that you can do. Uh, you can threaten me with a furnace. You can threaten me with lines. You can threaten me with imprisonment. You can threaten me with beheaded. You can threaten me with anything you want to, but that's not going to stop me from serving God. I'm still going to serve God. So what's man going to do? I mean, what can they do when it comes to that point? Can they do anything? If they can't make you, fear is what they're trying to do. If you take away the fear of that and, and see that glory of God, then it changes things uh, quite a bit. It says the righteousness, verse 10, the righteousness shall be glad in the Lord and trust in him and all the upright in heart shall glory. So he shows here, the righteous shall be glad in the Lord. So once the righteous, and that's a person living, right living, that's, that's living toward God, that can see this, then we not only glorify God, but we can notice what he says here. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord. I'd be glad in the Lord to, to see what he's doing, what he's able to do. Uh, he's a lot stronger than what our enemies is. He's stronger than any words that they can say. Now, David doesn't underestimate what they're able to do. But most importantly, he don't underestimate what God's able to do. And I think when we get to that point, uh, that's where it really uh, uh, really matters. Any thoughts on that? Uh, wait a minute. Bill first. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely he does. And, and how he does it, again, like we're saying, it, he leaves no doubt. And, and I think to a sense, and that's the way he does his people sometimes, you know, like he did the children of Israel, he didn't lead them right into the promised land, led them right to the Red Sea where they looked like they were trapped. You know, he, he gets a person to a point where they think there's, sometimes with his people he gets to a point where I don't know what we're going to do so we can have total trust in him. But he also can get the enemy to where they get pretty confident and think, oh, I've won, and then he just swats them like a gnat, and, <laughs> and they find out that they didn't. Judy, did you have something? I think that's probably where that come from, actually, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that should show us why would we need to retaliate? Why would we need to go evil for evil? We can't even compare to what God can do to them. <laughs> you know, so why would we even, our feeble attempt, what are we actually accomplishing? We're not accomplishing anything anyway. Right? Did you have something or you just... Oh. Oh, yeah, you think all the way up to the day of judgment. What worse thing can you hear than depart from me? I never knew you. I mean, there, there's nothing worse than that, you know, and, and God can ultimately do it. Did you? Oh, I was going to say, you were talking about the resurrection and the way that kind of splits everything. I was thinking of Hebrews 11, the man who was talking about, he talks about the Hall of Fame, but then he talks about those that didn't get released, they accepted scourges and beatings, all this stuff. I think the way you could use it is that they may receive a better resurrection. You know, I think it goes back to the kingdom of God. Some some of those persecuted Christians, the last time eyes were laid on them, people thought they were going to be sawed in half, eaten by lions. But on the last day when God raised them up from the dead, it's just a better resurrection. It's like, how did God put that person back together? Yeah. God always, even in the harshest of our suffering, God always gets the most glory in the end. Mm-hmm. In the bad direction, he also reverses it in the, our direction. Mm-hmm. He turns our suffering into joy. You know, yeah. Into the yeah, I mean, can you think... Can you just imagine Day of Judgment, what the ones who did that to them, and, and then see them there, them behind God, just, just grinning. I mean, I, I'm not trying to make light of it, but 
it's, it's going to be a glorious time. I mean, it, it really is because of, of, of what we suffer, and we can't by any means do what God does. And, again, not to make light of it, but with the style that God does it. I mean, the way God does it, He doesn't leave any doubt, and He, he turns it right back on these individuals, and he, he does it out in the open so they can't secretly do anything anyway. God's going to expose it. So, um, and David, as you see him progressing like he normally does, he starts out, you know, hear my cry, oh God, and take me from the fear of this. Here's what they're going to do, but here's what you're going to do. And then at the end, we're glad and glorified. It, it doesn't mean that these people aren't going to do it anymore. God's going to handle it. It just means how we're going to perceive it, knowing that God's going to. And I think that we, we can face anything that we face totally different um, than anything else. And, and, I mean, words hurt. We, we, we see that, and that's what David's facing. It's, it, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's always going to be there. Jesus said, they're going to hate you because they hated me first. You know, you, you look at what they've done to, to Jesus and you see things that's done, you know, done to us, it's because the path that we're on. So it's going to come. We can't just say, God, just put a stop to all of it. Just help us to be able to deal with it, knowing how you're going to deal with it. And again, that can bring us the peace and the, uh, 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 just the peace and the happiness and joy, I guess, that, that we need to get through this life. And that's how we have the abundant life that he wants us to have. Any final, final thoughts on this psalm? You, I mean, you think about all, and, and we don't, I don't think we give, because we do say karma, or we do say, the, you know, luck, or whatever it may be, and we don't give, you know, God the, the credit for a lot of things, because quite honestly, we, we can't prove here or there sometimes what he's doing. We just need to know what he's able to do, and, and who knows, that may very well be God doing that. You know, uh, of course, we know what he's going to do in the ultimate judgment, but God's still at work in life. David believed God was going to do something for him then. You know, he wasn't just saying, I know in the future it's all going to work out. He says, this is what he's going to do with, to my enemies. You know, David, I think anything that went against his enemies, there wasn't no doubt in his mind that was God. And, and what's wrong with that? What's wrong with saying, okay, that's God, you know, punishing them. That's God, you know, uh, chastising us. That's God, you know, that's why... I've tried to learn not to get real excited about what candidates in what position because one, one or two things, you know, how do you know it's because of all the evilness, and it is, that it's God putting them there because 
of words, Gideon. You know, God's used a lot of evil people to do a lot of things to chastise his own. So it's all about learning to live in the world that we're in and doing the best that we can with the world that we're in, you know, around, of, of the light that we're able to shine. And sometimes it's hard to do that because there's so much mudslinging, there's so much words being said, so much things out there that we get bogged down in that, that we get in that same category and think, well, I've got to do this. Well, I can't do it as good as God can, so why? the best way for me to go against that is live the best life that I can. That's how you uh, uh, stop those words.